Hi, I'm Mike Sibley, leader of the James Moore Manufacturing Team. On this episode of Moore on Manufacturing, we're joined by Ernie Richardson, co-owner of Teaching Lean Inc. Ernie has 25 years of manufacturing and human resource management experience, including uh, Toyota Motor Manufacturing. He is also the co-author of the Toyota Engagement Equation. On today's episode, we'll be discussing lean for the manufacturer, what it means, how it's incorporated in the leadership and culture, and how to get started. So, uh, Ernie, welcome. I really appreciate you uh, having you on the show today. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I look forward to it. Yeah. Well, let's let's kind of jump into it because I know you know as we were talking beforehand, I work with a lot of manufacturers. You've worked in a lot of manufacturing settings, and everybody kind of you know we use this term lean. And it means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. But from your perspective and from your experience, you know, let, let's kind of get us all on the same page. How, how do you define lean and what it means to be lean for a manufacturer? Yeah, and so I'm, I'm going to answer that with two key points. And the first key point is talking about the company. Uh, when we talk about lean, it's it's uh, you know they're looking for continuous improvement every single day. And and in the book we talk about uh, everybody engaged every day means that we want as a lean leader, we need to be able to engage people to be able to improve their work areas every single day. And so that's a huge, uh, important piece. And it's a big step for a lot of companies, particularly if the company's used to firefighting. It, it really goes in the face of firefighting. You know, when we talk about having standardization, having uh, key performance indicators, and then being able to measure a difference. And the second piece and, and probably more important piece is, uh, you know, it's continuous development of people. We always tell companies when they're asking the secret to lean, with the, what is the secret sauce? And we say, you know, it's, it's continuous development of people. And, you know, at Toyota, we always talked about that we're a company that develops people just happens to build cars. And so it's those two are really huge in the aspect. And, and for some reason, they're big challenges for companies. Uh, standardization, as you know, is huge and, and being able to measure KPIs. And so like when we go into a company, the first thing I'll ask them sometimes is, uh, do you have enough people? And almost almost 100% of them will say, well, no, we don't have enough people. We can't get enough people. And I'll say, well, how do and, and, and it leads into the standardization telling us how much, how much man hours we actually need. And, and that's sometimes for companies when we talk about it so you mentioned and that's that's kind of what a really it, it's funny i'm sure you've seen it too but in my experience you've seen cultures and leadership that really really embrace this idea of continuous improvement work towards it every day measure it train people on it becomes part of what they what they do and you can see it on the walls you can see it in talking to the people you can see it in their how they measure their systems but then I, i've seen you know, I've seen companies where they say, yeah, we're doing lean and you've got somebody out on a floor somewhere who's trying to do some stuff, but they don't, it doesn't cross what I call the admin line. So there's, there's that point where the, where the production facility ends and the administrative side of things begins and it doesn't really cross that point. So they don't really measure it. They don't really get involved in it. So, you know, to me, you know, that that leadership and then that culture is a huge thing. Can you talk a little bit more about really the idea of leaders accepting? And what does that mean? Because I, I feel like sometimes there's a, they say it, but they don't necessarily mean it. So how, how do you talk to leadership about really supporting it? 
Yeah, we, we first, uh, you know, when we when we talk with companies and get the opportunity to visit companies and work with them, the first thing we talk about mm -hmm. is culture. We can say, you know what, well, we can throw all these tools out there all you want, but the reality of it is if we don't have a culture in the company to be able to accept the tool, then it'll be just a way, it'll be a, a flavor mm -hmm. of the week, so mm -hmm. to speak. We spend a lot of time talking about with, with executives about what are you going to change? It, you know, many times what we hear is, well, we're doing lean and they're doing it mm -hmm. down there. But the reality of it is, is everybody in the organization has to do something different and, and the leaders have to be patient and be coaches to be able to protect, protect it every single day. And so, you know, we spend a lot of time with the leaders and we'll go to the floor with them and, and actually say, tell us what you do and, and explain to them the culture impact they have just going to the going to the gimba or going to the place where the where the work has been done. And how much impact they can have just by their comments, just by their body language, and negative or positively, mm -hmm. right? So it can be very negative if they go down and they're firefighting and they teach people to firefight, then good luck trying to put lean mm -hmm. in place. But I think the biggest thing and what we try to really coach companies is is this is not a one-time event. This is this is consistently the way we should be doing mm -hmm. business. And that's a big transformation for a lot of companies, and, and and sometimes they have a really difficult time understanding that. So, like for an example, A3 problem solving, mm -hmm. uh, great tool, mm -hmm. but you have to have the able to support it, and then you have to be as leaders, you have to use that as the tool that we're going to manage the company mm -hmm. with. And sometimes that's a struggle. And, and I talk about cross-functional for a moment. You know, I spent half of my career at Toyota in, in human resources. And the reality of it is it's really difficult for manufacturing to be able to implement these programs without having the support of the non-manufacturing mm -hmm. groups. As a matter of fact, our policies, procedures need to be looked at in order to be able to support this uh, goal that we're looking mm -hmm. for. And so it's all in. I mean, it's all in from the top all the way to the bottom. And, and so I think that's what a lot of companies, you know, they're trying to look for this magic thing happen and then change and then we can go back to normal right. and how it is it's not the way that's not the way it is it has to be every single day engaged with well and some of the problems that i you know some of the things you kind of see though is you try to build it in the culture is you know and i'm sure you've seen this too but uh you know you got employees who say okay here's the flavor of the month you know you've got that okay yeah. here we go we're going to try this thing that or it's the employee that's uh, that is afraid Hey, if I if I'm gonna make improvements and reduce waste, they're not gonna need me anymore. As opposed to yes. turning around and saying, no, in fact, if we can, we'll be able to get have you do more, learn more, you become more valuable. But they're you know, oftentimes, you know, it's looking, it, it, you know, you get this negative view, so to speak, of saying, oh no, if they do this, I'm gonna lose my job. Or you know, so how do you how do you start building lean into the culture and overcome some of these things. Yeah, and so I think that's a really good point. And I, I always say it's really difficult to get people to make improvements to get rid of themselves, mm -hmm. right? And so uh, what we explain to people is we want to eliminate processes and make the and make the the whole process more streamlined, mm -hmm. but we don't want to. We want you know if we have extra people because we have processes, we'll use them to develop something else in the organization or not hire the next person. Mm -hmm. So all are really key, but I and I go back to if we don't have standardization in place, it's really difficult to understand what we're approving. Mm -hmm. And and 
uh, Mr. Ono, who's the, the father of TPS or total reduction system, says without standards, there can be no Kaizen or no improvements. And so many times it becomes people's opinion about whether we're making an improvement or not. Right. And people's opinion about what the value of the employee is giving the company. And so until we get standardization in place, but I will tell you if, if in fact the, the objective for the company is to get rid of people or to, the minute you reduce a process is, okay, we're going to lay off a person. Don't even worry about trying lean because it'll be an epic mm -hmm. failure. Mm -hmm. And so it, it really deteriorates the culture. You know, the idea is we want them to find seconds every single day to make improvements and then stack that up at some point to be able to, to eliminate a process or then, or increase the value of the process. We never want to get it in a situation where we're getting rid of people. Right. And so if concept, then it's, it's really a tough one to, uh, it just, it's just, it'll, it'll, it makes the whole, the whole lean concept a failure. Yeah. I've, I've talked to, you know, I've worked with clients in the past on, uh, as they begin going down this road, one of the things I've always recommended is listen, if you have to get rid of anybody, if there's somebody you were planning on that performance wise or whatever, do it before you even go down this road. If, if, if you have to do it, get don't do it after you've made a bunch of improvements and people can see the 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 long term benefit here that, hey, we're cutting waste because then nobody's going to want to do anything efficiently or you're going to find people who are already out there looking for jobs because they're worried their job is next. It just doesn't it doesn't make sense to go that route. And, and I think I think here, you know, the other big mistake that companies make is they try to go full blown lean tomorrow. And the reality of it is there, there's sequential steps to being able to make improvements and it starts with standardization. It starts with KPIs, key performance indicators. Then we can start talking about leading and lagging indicators. Is the process managing us or are we managing the process? Those kind of things to help us get in a position where we can start seeing the long-term benefit and employees buy into it. Cause right now you think when they start out, they don't trust them. They don't trust mm -hmm. it typically. The employee doesn't trust the leadership to say you've got my best interest at heart, right. and and so we have to build that trust over some period of time yeah. using standardization and being able to KPIs and all those things to be able to help them. Because really, what we want in lean is self-directed work groups, right? We want them to be able to do their own thing without without leaders having to be involved. Mm -hmm. Got the you got the standards, you got the KPIs. You don't need anybody coming down telling you what to do because you already know, and that's really the objective that that we try to get companies to. Yeah, and you kind of you kind of mentioned started going down the road of you know what are some things that you see companies go wrong. Maybe you can give us a couple other examples. But you know, I, I had one uh, manufacturer I was touring. This was a few years ago, and leadership gave the operations team manager the team the ability to make changes on the plant floor, and they did they they really did this outstanding job. They were talking about how they were getting things through faster and all, all the different things that they measured just from an operational standpoint. So I asked the question, okay, from a costing standpoint, from a financial standpoint, how, how much of an impact has this had? Because it was really phenomenal work. And they said it hasn't had any financial impact. I said, what do you, what do you mean? No, I mean, you're getting product out the door faster. Uh, you know, we went through some of, there's got to be an impact. He's like, well, they're allowing us to kind of do our thing over here, but we don't get access to any of the financial reports or impacts. 
and, and you know the leadership doesn't. So to me, there there's something that went wrong in there. They were able to measure some stuff, but they weren't really able to measure really the total impact. And to me, that just seems like a wrong approach of of really embracing lean and trying to implement and and move it forward. Absolutely, and and think about the whole purpose of all of it is to increase the value, right? Mm-hmm. And in value means long-term profitability for the company to be able to say we want the company to be sustainable and 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 uh, and to be able to adapt to the future to be able to have new product etc cetera, etc cetera. and we can't do that without making profit and we can't do that without making profit continuously improving mm-hmm. and so it goes back to the question about if we make improvements but we can't see the value in it is it really improvement Mm-hmm. And, and shame on us if we're going to roll out a big uh, incentive program to be able to get people involved in lean, but then as soon as it's over with, we go back to the normal process because it is the flavor of the month. Mm-hmm. And so here's the unique thing, I think, uh, uh, Mike, about, about this whole concept. Employees will do what they're expected to do. It's the usually the leaders who are not being able to to be disciplined enough to be able to keep it long term and including the financial side an aspect of saying sometimes we make change and we can predict it's going to cost a little more now but it's going to save us a lot in the future and what mm-hmm. i tell companies if you can't explain that then good luck with that but you got to be able to explain it using the standardization and the kpis to be able to say here's how we're going to have a bigger impact long term mm-hmm. But if we're not increasing the value, then I have to question why we're even doing it. You know, you talk about, right. talk about your example. If you went and talked to the team members, they're going to look at it and say, this lean thing is, is kind of crazy. It's like, you know, they just mm-hmm. done a bunch of stuff, but we're still making the same amount of profit. Mm-hmm. So, so right. the return on investment didn't come out too good for that scenario, did it? Yeah. And, and they have no idea. I, I mean, my just using it, experience, I'm thinking they've got to have made an impact. Otherwise, you know, leadership, you know, the owners of the business are not going to allow you to just keep spending money and spending time on something if there's not an improvement in the, even if they don't support it or they don't, you know, or they're letting you just do your thing. They're not going to let you do your thing to the detriment of profits. That's exactly. So, you know, so in my mind, there had to be some financial improvement, but I, I think, you know, you're missing something if you can't, allow for the openness to really show that impact and say, okay, well, then how can we do it better? You know, okay, we've made some improvements. Can we make some bigger improvements? And I I think it's kind of motivating to the team when they see that they're having this kind of impact. Yeah. And I think it goes back to engaging the team members, right? So, we, Mm -hmm. you know, in my experience, and I've been fortunate to see a a lot of companies since I left Toyota in 2013, and Tracy and I do consulting work now, but I've had the opportunity to spend a lot of time with with a lot of companies. And and almost every time that we go in and we engage the team, you can see light bulbs go off. And then Mm -hmm. I'll go back sometime later, and if they've got a strong leadership team, you can see that light bulb is continuing to go off. But many times we go back and they go back to business as normal and the team member come up and say, well, the only time we make changes when you're here. And so, <laughs> you know, it's, it's not sustainable, but, I, but, but my experience in Toyota and, and after is team members will engage if you'll allow them to do that. It, mm-hmm. We as leaders sometimes don't feel comfortable with allowing people to do that. And that's a, that's a huge culture shift, especially 
if you're a firefighter. If you got promoted because you're a firefighter and you're up in the organization because you're a firefighter, then it's really difficult to make that transition and say, no, I'm going to engage someone else to learn and take the right. learn so we won't be fighting all these fires all the time. Right. Well, and I always talk about it, you know, the people doing the work are the experts. And we use, you know, team-oriented problem solving and let them, let the team figure out where the solutions are. Because they, they know it best. They know where the waste is. They know where the, the time is being spent. And I think sometimes as leaders, it's just a matter of getting supporting, holding accountable, giving the information, training, all those kind of things are important. But it's also kind of getting out of the way and letting them do what they need to do. You know, I always we talk about culture. We say, you know, you get people to come in your company because of money. That's how you get them there. You get them to stay mm-hmm. because of challenge and development. Money won't keep them, but challenge mm-hmm. and development will. And so uh, right. there's, you know, I always tell people, you know, there's when I worked at Toyota and I started at Toyota, it didn't pay a lot of money, but uh, but I knew I felt like I wanted to be part of this uh, this thing that was going on. It was something really special. So the money was important, but it wasn't the most important thing in that, at that point in time for me in my career. Yeah, sure. And, you know, I heard I was at. I, I wish I could remember the speaker. Uh, so this that wasn't me who said it, but you know, they said once you take money off the table, culture trumps everything. That's and right. I, I I do agree with that. And I've had some 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 clients tell me recently where people have left and come back uh, for a little bit less money, even because the culture, the place they went was was just not great. And uh, I think people are looking. Yes, they need to they may they need to make decent a decent wage, whatever that means, and things like that. So the money is important, but I think culture is also extremely important. And I think initiatives like this doing the flavor of the month things can be more frustrating than it can be beneficial at the end of the day. Definitely hurt the culture uh, tremendously. And I go back to as much as we engage people and we see them making those improvements, Mm -hmm. guess what? The profit goes up. Mm -hmm. So now I have the ability to to pay more if I need to. So it's kind of hand in hand. And I do believe that people need to have ownership in the company to feel, hey, if I help the company save a hundred bucks, somewhere down the line, five bucks, that's going to come back to me. Mm-hmm. It'd be in bonuses or whatever it is, but have that vested interest in making sure that you want to be part of this success for this company. And I think that's really, really huge to be able to forget to allow a team member to make that connection. Exactly. And I, and I, but I do think though that obviously these things take a little bit of time. So you don't go from, hey, let's make this change right now, no, that instant bottom line, you know, success. Although you might hit some early successes and often, you know, that's probably the case. Some of this stuff takes some time to let it fit out through though. And it's development of the people too, right? Mm-hmm. Like we go back to, you know, I keep bringing up standardization, you know, mm-hmm. uh, standardization gives us the foundation to understand how to make improvements. But the second thing it does, it allows team members to one-on-one understand, am I doing what I'm expected to do? Mm-hmm. Part of that is now I encourage you to improve the standard. And then we go back to the, the key performance indicators. So now I've got the standard in place. Can I do what I'm expected to do? And now am I getting the results I'm expecting to get? And so then I'm engaging them to be able to control those two aspects of it. And it does take time. It takes, you know, we we go into a place and they and they don't have good standardization. We tell them, don't, don't try to go in and standardize everything tomorrow. Right. You know, one process that's your biggest headache, and let's standardize that one first and get a key, a key performance indicator for that one. 
then we'll go on to the and then we'll go on to the next one and we'll go on to the next one and and do as many as the culture in that company will allow at that time and most times early on it's only one or two to start with and then gradually build up but it is it's it, it's a journey it's not a destination i mean it's literally i tell people i started at toyota in 1988 i worked on culture mm-hmm. and now we're t- 2013 i'm still working on culture <laughs> it's not it's not something that's you know you just do it and it's finished it's something that we have to continually to work on every single day sure. and and don't get frustrated because the reality of it is when you, when we start putting standards in place and kpis we're going to see a lot of problems mm-hmm. and we have to change the thinking from problems are a bad thing to problems are a good thing mm-hmm. problems are, and uh, you know we always said uh uh, job security equals problem solved. <laughs> right. Means to, that we have to look at problems to say, find it here, I won't see it. Mm-hmm. And find all of them here and, and develop the standards and the KPIs to show those problems. Mm-hmm. So problems are a friend. That's a real hard culture shift for a lot of companies going, oh my God, we got plenty of friends, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. There might be some that have more problems than they know what to do yeah. with. So, you know, one of the things we talked we talk a lot about on on this program is is increasing the value of the business. And I, you know, part of that, you know, when we start talking about one of the drivers of value is efficient processes, structured processes, the standardization you're talking about. So if you know, so for for a manufacturer who's maybe tried to go down this road before or hasn't gone down this road before, what are a couple of little tips that you might have to kind of get them started pushing the right direction? Yeah, I'd say, uh, you know, the leaders need to understand the concepts first. So uh, they need uh, training and development in, in what does a lean culture mean? And, uh, and then even in standardization, even though they're not going to be doing the standards on the process floor, they need to understand how to support that. And so they need to have a really good working knowledge of what standardization means and what it's going to do to the company and long term and then get right into the key performance indicators. So, so I, we always tell them, try to find one leading indicator. And the leading indicator tells us how the process is doing, not the result of the end of the financials, you know, at that point, because it's too late to change anything then, right? Mm-hmm. So we want to get at the process. So we're asking them to really think of from a leadership perspective of what's my leadership standardized work to be able to support this change. And it's the, it is the biggest gap that we see in a lot of companies because the leaders sometimes feel like they don't need to change. Mm-hmm. I'm, 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 I'm good here, but in order to make this transformation, you, it, it doesn't mean you have to do everything, but it means you have to understand how to support things like standardization, like KPIs, and like the culture and all those aspects. So, you know, just from a from an implementation perspective, try to look at what's my biggest problem right now and how can I incorporate standardization and KPIs into being able to help that problem and development of people. You're developing the people to do it. You know, you're developing, you always want to get to the lowest level of organization to develop the standard to start with because as you said, the people doing the work experts mm-hmm. so let's use them to be able to define what should be happening and then make improvements from that aspect of it great advice so uh you know one i mentioned uh you your co-author with your wife with a book uh maybe tell us a little bit about what you know if somebody picks up the book what, what are they gonna what are they gonna read about 
it's uh, it's really uh, it's really Ooh. 25 years of experience, and it goes back and forth with me between Tracy and I. She talks in the first part of the book. She talks about uh, you know the hiring process and what it means to hire the right people, and then how to go through it. And what was the development of, the, of a new person coming in, and then what was the development of them through the organization uh, through through the next several years. The second half of the book, and we actually have a case study in there that we kind of play along with people to be able to try to relate it to what they do. Mm -hmm. Second it's into the leadership side to talk about what the leaders need to do, what's the leader's roles and responsibilities, what's the leader's learning every day, uh, and, and, and helps be, be able to look at the overall focus to say from a team member coming in to a leader that's, that's developing that person, what is both of their roles? So it's kind of like our 25 year journey. Mm -hmm. So, and, and, uh, and it's, it, you know, it's been received really well. We've got really good feedback and, it's really, you know, we never intended uh, to write the book for money. Mm -hmm. It wasn't the intention was to leave kind of a legacy of something that was special that happened. It's mm -hmm. to kind of people an overview of, you know, this is what it was like to be in the be in the shoes of the people who were actually there. And so, uh, actually, if you go to the Toyota EE. Uh, dtoyotaee.com they can actually people can download the, the chapter 11 for free and be able to get a taste of what it's like well great well and given the state of labor these days employees yeah. the great resignation and now even to some degree the re great regret of people wishing they didn't leave and everything else you know right now people, people development, there's probably hiring the right people. There's probably nothing more important in many manufacturers and even outside of manufacturing, there's probably nothing more important than that. So I'm sure some really, really great advice in there that, you know, people can pull from. So I uh, appreciate you talking about that. So Ernie, we've, uh, we've, we've, we've been able to hit on a lot in a very short amount of time. Like you said before, we could spend the next week probably going through each of these topics. I, I really appreciate you uh, being on with us today. No problem. Not at all. I appreciate the time. And for our listeners, I appreciate uh, you listening. I hope you pulled some nuggets out of it. And of course, if uh, anytime you have questions or want to talk more, you can always reach out to me or you can reach out to Ernie as well, who's always happy to talk about this Absolutely. stuff. So thanks, everyone, and hope you have a great day. See you guys. To learn more about James Moore and Company's manufacturing services, go to jmco.com. And don't forget to subscribe to our More on Manufacturing series to receive updates when new videos and podcasts are released. If you'd like to be a guest, or if there's a topic you'd like to see covered on a future episode, contact us on our website. You can also follow us on social media for more news as the landscape on manufacturing continues to rapidly evolve. Thank you.